0: You're listening to TechNest, the PropTech podcast. In each episode, you'll hear from PropTech founders, investors, and industry veterans on how they're using tech to change the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. Discover market opportunities, interesting data, growth tactics, and trends driving the industry forward. This isn't just another podcast about making money in real estate. This is about how we live. And now, your host, Nate Smoyer.
1: Hey, Joe. Welcome to the show. Hey, Nate. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you?
2: Good. Doing really well.
1: All right. Now, uh, I'm going to go into story time right off the bat for our listeners. Mm-hmm. I have my my former landlord and uh managing broker on the show <laughs> for a short period of time i i this is a, this is a true story uh i have probably two or three seasons of tech nest were recorded uh in the hoppus real estate offices in bellingham washington and that's where uh i had uh my license hung for for a while i wasn't actively selling real estate but I, there was a few referrals and you know things here and there along the way uh, before i totally pivoted and went all the way into prop tech and somewhere i must have planted a seed in uh in, <laughs> in joe and here here you are man it's so good to see <laughs> it uh and have you on the
2: show it's really good to be here yeah i was reminiscing about those days when you were in the office and it's great to have you it's like who great is this guy just <laughs>
1: paying rent to just do podcasts upstairs and <laughs> it's all good. Well, for for That's everyone great. listening here, I've I've got Joe Hoppus. He's a seasoned veteran in real estate as an agent, broker, owner, representing, you know, both commercial and residential clients. And now he is one of the co-founder, right? Co-founder mm-hmm. yep. and CEO of a startup called Paradigm. It's a platform designed to help co-buyers purchase real estate together. And so um, a handful of things to talk about here, but let's just start with this because I have I I I'm privileged to know your real estate business, your presence in Bellingham. It's a blowing up city. It's I mean, it, it's grown probably 20, 30 percent since I originally moved there. Um not that very long ago, and it's still growing. You have a, a repeat customer base all the things that you know, any real estate agent trying to build a legitimate business could ever have wanted. And yet you decided to kind of put that on the back burner and build a tech platform aimed at co-buying. So let's just start here. Why in the world would you decide to yeah. do that? Because it sounds so much harder than what you'd already built.
2: Yeah, I mean, it definitely is about a billion times harder uh, and to put... A successful agency on the back burner and take a shot at a startup and taking a concept to the masses is something I've never done. And it was a challenge that I thought was worthy to embark on. And the main reason that I did was the affordability wall that grew Mm. so fast and the empathetic response I had to buyers who, you know, you're in the business long enough. You have an average buyer who can afford a first-time home. It was that way mm-hmm. for years. They've got mm-hmm. a decent income. They've got good credit. They can buy a starter home and they can check off that box, that piece of the American dream. And about twenty fifteen sixteen, that started to that door started to close on these people. And seeing that made me go, "Wait, well, what's going on? This isn't right. Like, this is." Not right. Something has to give, and focusing on prices is a fool's errand. Like you can't; it's the market. It's going to do supply and demand. There is nothing you can do. So, roundabout way, I had three teachers who were all pre-qualified for sub-entry level homes. They were all roommates. Mm-hmm. They all lived together, and they loved living together. I showed them one house back to back to back. So afterwards in the parking lot, they, you know, I said, you guys love living together. Why don't you pull your resources and buy something of value? And they said, can we do that? And I said, I don't know why not. And we went in with two of them out of the three, ultimately found them a home that was so much better in a better location, was higher quality. And it ended up costing them less on a monthly basis than buying on their own. So I knew there was power in this idea. I knew there was power in collectively mm-hmm. bringing people together to unite and join forces. And that launched the idea of how to make this safe. What are the hurdles? What are the challenges of this idea? And out of that birth, a platform uh, a place for people to go and explore this idea to make it safe to, to create clear boundaries and make, make home ownership more accessible.
1: All right. So you don't know this here but th- this is I got to share this story here because it's it's super relevant. So originally when I I got started in real estate I, I joined the Ben Kinney team there in Bellingham and the very first contract I ever wrote was for a buyer which I didn't write many of those Uh and You know, I, I talked to the buyer, we tour the house and he says, yeah, let's put an offer. I say, cool, great. So we get his name on the contract. He goes, well, my parents are helping me buy this." Oh, okay, cool. What are your parents' names? But the parents had different last names yet too. It's like, okay, well, the MLS form gives me room for two buyers for two names. I've got three. And now I have three with different last names. They all had different last names. Like everyone's name was all different all over the place. So I'm just like trying to figure out, I'm like, because I think it was his mom and then and his stepdad, but he has his dad's last name. So that's how like everything was all over the place. I'm like, this looks now. I didn't know how to write a good offer, but that certainly didn't help. <laughs> and I and I <laughs> didn't know even where nowhere to go for a lender that was like had an application that could even intake this. Like you can't even because like, the systems are not built for that. They're built for one or two names in it. So uh I, I'm acutely aware, like minorly aware of like some of the challenges of just like writing the contract uh and, and for you know people who, as you're talking about, like need help buying. You know, this was twenty sixteen. Uh and and you know, so everyone can get some reference here, the house we were looking at, I want to say it was a four two, and I think we were looking at like two sixty five. And this is in the heart of Bellingham. And uh, today, I don't think that you're possible. Even a rundown, a rundown four two would be four hundred up
2: all day. If if you're yeah. if you're good,
1: yeah, five hundred is
2: the threshold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So
1: it's just it's just wild to think. Like you talk about affordability. It's not that it's not wasn't that long ago. Uh, so so then your approach here is like okay, we need to help co-buyers. So like aside from contracts. And, of course, the MLS forms aren't there. Right. What, what, all, what, what all do you even need for co-buyers to, to be able to work together to kind of pull this transaction? Did you ever get those three yeah. teachers, by the way, to, to pull got, that transaction we got, together?
2: We got two, two out of the three to pull a transaction together. And I'll tell you, like, the very first showing, I went and showed them a place in Geneva. So we were looking kind of in the heart of Bellingham at these, like, bare bones fixers, you know, needed mm-hmm. a lot of work. And through joining forces together, their $400,000 individual approval went up to seven fifty. I showed them a house in Geneva with a lake view, newer construction, clear fur trim, three beds, two baths, proper, beautifully manicured lawn. And the very first time that we they walked through that house, they were like, wait, this can't be possible. Like this, like almost like they just, it was so... Yeah out of their hemisphere of possibility and they didn't end up buying that house. Cause it felt too fancy. It was mm. too good. Like it, you know, like we had to go through work through that psychology that actually, no, this is normal. And you deserve to live in a home that you don't aren't going to be house poor in that. You're going to take pride in that. And sure. it took a couple of other showings, but that's when I knew there was power in this, like to see their response to an idea and the possibility, I knew that there was something here, that there was a, there was a solve here, different outside of the box uh, yep. and comes with a cost. They've got to navigate learning and, and living together. Um, and so as outside of the contracts, that's the other pieces that we help them solve is tools that allow them to align on agreements that allow them to align on how they're going to break up their ownership? How they're going to uh, break up expenses? How they're going to treat upgrades? How they're going to treat exits? How are they going to do all this stuff? That if if you don't mm-hmm. figure this stuff out, document it, iron it out before you get into these agreements, you're subject to so much uh, risk and liability mm-hmm. through partition and these legal things, there's no protections for people to buy properties together automatically that aren't married. They just don't exist. So it's imperative that people think through this, do this right, do this correctly. I hear a lot of people say, don't co-buy with anybody. It's insane. They're not wrong. If you don't do it correctly with proper agreements.
1: Yeah. I would think that that's the only thing is like, how, how does this contract, you know, how, what are we agreeing to? Cause it's one thing to agree. Yeah. We're buying this together, but what does that honestly mean? And I've, I mean, shoot, we've all been there with roommates. <laughs> I mean, roommate, uh, you know, and, and as an investor, right. You know, I, I've in the last year, I don't know what happened The last year was just like, it seemed like every, everything that possibly could have happened between, uh, some of our tenants uh, it happened and just like, I was like, guys, I, I don't know what to tell you, man, like outside the lease agreement, <laughs> you guys got to figure this out. Like you gotta, you gotta pull something together. And ultimately they couldn't, like it was too difficult because yeah. there was no pre-established agreement up front, you know, to help yep. guide that. No, I want to, I want to get a, like paint a picture here. Sure. Who, who is co-buying? Is it, I mean, I, I brought up, you know, it was this, this guy and his parents, you, you brought up some teachers. So presumably friends, is 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 there a specific like type of buyer that you see most
2: frequently, or is it really just run the gamut? Parents buying with kids is you know a giant demographic, um, and mm. we through co-buying you can get away from the gift letter um, and truly co-invest with your kids um, into a property. And what we find is that parents invest a lot more money when they know that it's going to be part of their investment portfolio instead of a gift letter or any sort of, you know, traditional mm-hmm. uh, lending piece. We've got a lot of friends buying together. Uh, we've got investors who are joining forces and buying, you know, properties together as well. Uh, those are kind of the, the, the three demographics of, of folks.
1: Yeah. And it, I mean, and, investors, and, uh, that's been a thing for a long time. That's not been a thing too for, terribly yeah. uncommon.
2: It's not terribly uncommon. We've, we're finding that the investors that are coming to us are kind of uneducated, unexperienced. They, they don't they're not okay. that traditional, well-versed, classic investor that is a business owner, run, knows how to run a runs knows all of the, the stuff. They're, they're sure. We, we, I, want, I want to keep renting where I'm at, but I want to also invest in real estate can I do that with another investor and have a rental and will I be protected? Is it a good investment and use, use our tools to do that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that totally makes sense. And so now the, I think the obvious question for me at least is how often is this actually happening? I know. I mean, I know transaction yeah. volume this year is, is down quite a bit And as far as what's yeah. normal. I don't know that we've seen normal for, what it's been four years, yeah,
2: right. <laughs> it's been yeah. any amount of
1: normal, but like, what is this something that like agents should be thinking about more often? Is it only certain agents who want to specialize in this? Because what what's the volume we're talking here?
2: Well, you know, Zilla did a study last year, and they said that um, almost thirty percent of all transactions in the U.S. were some form of co ownership, whether it's parents with kids, friends. So that's a lot
1: um well let's see here because my mental math game is is weak so i'm gonna pull up the calculator right so there's historically there's been five and a half million residential real estate transactions yeah
2: so if we do 33 percent that's
1: 1.8 million transactions yeah so that's like a parent a grandparent a
2: friend couples who are not yet married couples relatives yeah um wow yeah, couples yeah it's it's a it's a it's a massive trend and just a few years ago that was sub 10 percent. so we're seeing a, a giant trend towards romantic couples buying aren't married um parents friends family buying together um yeah, it's huge. And so back to your question. Yeah, I think every agent should be aware of it. I think they should be educated in it. I think they should know what to do, how to counsel, how to support this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. growing demographic, whether they specialize in it or not being aware of it is another tool in the tool belt to know, just like yourself, what do I do with these three names? Yeah. How do I treat yeah, yeah. them? Are they different? Yeah, they're different. And they need help. If they don't buy correctly, if they don't get set up correctly at the beginning, there's little chance that you're going to get that referral business when something goes wrong and they didn't get the advice that they needed to set it up correctly.
1: Yeah, as a as an agent, I could see there being uh, some pretty substantial upside, especially with like friends co-buying. Uh, yeah. You know, and helping especially in in markets where it's it, it's you know uh, the perceived cost to buy is prohibitive. Uh, you know, yeah. by yourself, but if you bought with some friends. And hey, look—we can lock it down for three, four years, hold it in together. If there's modest equity gains, you might have a pool of three or four buyers, you know, in the next several years that are oh, yeah, happy to work with you again.
2: Yeah, real happy. Yeah, and and it's also really good story to tell. You know, to, if agents can tell the story that they help mm-hmm. people unite to afford property, that they're getting out in front of this—that's a great marketing marketing program
1: let's get into the nuts and bolts of the the concierge service i wanted to talk through this a little bit because this is something that i know is kind of like uh, a core to the platform uh so 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 a buyer comes to paradigm hey i like this right and they kind of work through the contract agreement there's a there's a small fee for for that contractor fee fee, right or or agreement it's just uh what a hundred dollars Okay, and they get through that, and now they've got full access to the concierge to help them through the transaction, right?
2: Yeah, I mean they've got full access as soon as they sign up to our concierge. Oh, okay. So we, yeah, so as soon as they sign up, we offer, you know, we reach out, we offer them advice, we offer them real estate agents who specialize in co-buying. We offer them we're, we have a partnership with Flagstar Bank, so we send okay. them to Flagstar for pre-approval, um, and we help them if they don't have co-buyers um, build a match profile so we have a we have a a, a Tinder for co-buyers on on Paradigm.
1: And, is it really you
2: swipe left, swipe uh, right kind of thing? Uh, well, it's not quite there, the tech's not quite there, but in essence that's <laughs> where we're headed, you know, is uh-huh. meeting other people that want to buy a property and the type of property and in the same geo that are interested in co-buying and creating a platform for them to to Meet up. Um, and once they, if they don't have co if they do have co-buyers then we help them navigate the agreements and the alignments and that kind of stuff, point them to the tools to walk through and help, help them all the way through the process. We have, I think we have over a thousand people on our match, um, who've built profiles. They've added pictures. They've showed the pictures of their dog, what they're interested in. But most people who come in, most of the transactions that we've done this last year are groups Uh that have already formed. They they're in the process. They're freaking out of trying to figure out how to navigate this. And they reach out and they're so grateful. And every single, one. how did you
1: find a thousand people? We
2: have thought about everything for them and that they can do this correctly. Did, did, did you go find those people or did they find you? They find us. So we, you know, we do, um, marketing, um, and our marketing uh-huh. brings in a ton of people. Um, love the concept, sure. but they're really far away from making a decision. Mm. And then we have this other bucket that finds us and they're serious. They're either in under contract on a house. They're desperate for help. Um, or they find us, you know, ideally they're finding us before they start when they have the idea. They're talking with their buddies over a beer at the pub and, hey, would you guys want to buy a property together? We could do this, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know. But For anyone who thinks that's the-
1: far-fetched, I have had that conversation <laughs> way too many times.
2: <laughs> I have too. Like before paradigm, I literally have had that. It's, it's a concept that makes sense. It's just scary and yeah. it needs to be simplified and the fear needs to be removed. That's what we do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is one of those things where like I was, cause I was wondering about this before the show. I was like, okay, I want to know, is it because people know what co-buying is and so they're looking for it? Or is it more often that they hit a roadblock in the process? and now they're stuck looking for who can help me get out of this
2: so far it's it's they've hit a roadblock in the either getting people together getting people's Mm. confidence together there's usually one um, champion who's driving it and when they get to paradigm then they have the backstop and a third party that they can show everybody else that it's all going to be okay. And somebody's thought through this for us. And then that galvanizes their group to ultimately close house. I feel like we've saved over a hundred transactions this year um, for buyers agents who the buyers come to us and they're freaking out and they're thinking about employing the deal and they get to us and they end up closing and they use our contracts. Um, It's, it's, it's really, really cool, and
1: these are not the tra- like from my experience, and even you know having keeping my ear close to the ground, uh, and, and I know this firsthand because uh at the short term time that I, I spent as a an agent, I have this knack for finding the most odd arrangements and deals. I'm not a I'm not a standard deal guy, hmm. and then I would go and talk to agents next to me, and they wouldn't, they were like, I don't know what to tell you, Nate. I have no way. To, I don't know how to help you. It was like the first time I remember uh, I had a client who wanted to do a rent to own. And I started asking agents in the office, you know. And I remember I went to one agent, I'll, I'll redact names here. I know you know him. He's been in the business like 20 years. And he's like, Nate, I've never seen a rent to own close. <laughs> I realized <laughs> I was like, all, all this stuff I was working in, Jason, you know, is not. Standard. So when even experienced agents coming, you know, they may not have done many co-buy because that's not been the traditional way you buy real estate. Exactly what you said earlier. So the the agents then are finding themselves kind of stuck in that. So maybe they're introducing clients then to the platform and, and moving them through to help save the deal.
2: I think that's our, our hope is that that we'll get to that. I think right now what agents do is they ostrich and they put their head in the sand and they do it just like a traditional, they don't want to ask questions. They don't want to make, hmm. they don't, because they don't know. And if you don't have a tool in your tool belt, it's really hard hmm. to bring something up, you know, to say, Hey, you guys, this is a, you're unmarried. Have you thought about the, the risks involved? I think right. 99% of agents go, well, nope. The lender says, it's okay. I don't care. Let's get them into a deal. (laughs) I don't want to touch it. Um, This is, and it's, and it's understandable because it's their personal life, right? It's their, it's their journey. The downside is, and Wall Street Journal had an article a couple of years ago, calling all of these millennials who are buying properties together without being married and then breaking up the millennial divorce and having to deal with their real estate that they bought in the midst of their lovebirdness that the wheels fell, fell off and now all of a sudden they're at odds they're not in agreement there's it, it, it's a, it's an absolute mess.
1: Oh, that's fascinating yeah. to to consider. How how many how many transactions do you think that was? I mean, it's could could be a, into
2: low millions. Oh, low millions, yeah, and wow, you know, and it it's just something that agents haven't been aware of, I think, to get out in front of. And one mm-hmm. of our hopes is that we can get agents to go, wait a minute, I, there's tools, there's, there's an option I can teach, I can elevate, I can protect my buyer's yep. future. And all it is, is a, you know, a, a small subscription to Paradigm and or even just referring their buyers to Paradigm to go through it and, and pay yep. for it on their own we don't care. Like we're, you know, our whole platform isn't about agent subscriptions. We offer them, but the, only the people who are reaching out and signing up are people who either are experiencing right now or want it in their tool belt to offer to their buyers or just elevate their game because it's, yeah, it is a huge and growing demographic.
1: What have you been doing to build out that network of, you know, you mentioned one partnership you have with the lender, you know, obviously yep. you, you're as an agent, you know, agents are natural networkers, but what have you been doing to build out the network of agents and lenders who want to take on transactions like this, despite them, you know, not being quote unquote traditional.
2: Yeah. You know, we've spoken at some conferences. We've, you know, we've brought our tools. We've educated, um, the, we're, we're in us and Canada. So we're mm-hmm. throughout, um, uh, both. And we spoke at a Vancouver EXP, um, con up there in front Mm -hmm. of 1500 agents and you know we're we're doing some of that our it's not our focus like our our revenue focus isn't on agent subscriptions i don't I don't want to be I don't want that to be driving the bus um because I think it's going to take our focus off of actually building quality materials for the buyers that they're our focus right now and then we just launched uh, as of tomorrow a listings page. So we're now working with listing agents of multifamily to offer oh. help them market their multifamilies as two individual units for sale, bringing our co-buyers together, and ultimately building get a get your own house. Yeah, get your own house. Get your own house. Should just be, um, people in should Vancouver. be buying duplexes yeah. together,
1: or they all buy duplexes together, and you get you each get one tenant yep. to manage. Yep. Turn it and, into a and competition what we're doing... you can get the rent highest. That's
2: right. That's right. <laughs> there's, a, there's a chart. There's a chart. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> up seven dollars on me. <laughs> Who has the
1: lowest maintenance fees or requests? That's right. and right. that sort of thing. That's right. They're oh, sort that... undercutting
2: each other. Um, yeah,
1: you, you're saying that you were at the uh the EXP uh event up in Vancouver. It just it just dawned on me, I'm like is there, is there something in the water in Bellingham? I mean, we got you know, <laughs> Ben Kinney, we got Glenn Sanford, and now we, we got Joe Hoppus, uh, prop yeah. Tech, like it's got a mini hub,
2: uh, happening little, right there in the corner of the BMW. Yeah. It, it must be in the water. Cause you know, uh, you know, Ben has become <laughs> a friend, but through this, um, you know, not before. And, you know, it's not like there's a, a think tank, Troy Moliot as well has been in, uh,
1: Troy is the unsung hero uh, Troy also and I know for everyone listening he's like who are all these names uh, th- these are all people like this is the Bellingham Washington area and and it's significant to mention this because Bellingham's not like a major metro it's a cool area I think it's built its own reputation but Troy Molyat, he's a local commercial broker property manager company owner you know but he also built the first website for Windermere real estate did you know that
2: I didn't know it was Windermere. Yeah, pretty sure. sure. I could be throwing oh, wow. out his
1: business there. But uh, way back sure. in the day, he was ahead of everybody because um, Troy's awesome like that. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he, he built their first
2: website. Yep.
1: So there there you go. That's crazy.
2: Um, yeah. <laughs> well, he was a part of Rivity too, at the beginning, wasn't he?
1: I don't know about that one. I I know that uh, he he and Ben had a, I think they had a a different uh, agency together of some sort. Company, Um, Okay. Yeah, something something different. Yeah. 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 I want to talk through um, a little bit about the uh, kind of, you mentioned you're across the US, but is there any difference from market to market? A lot of times some trends, you'll, you'll see them pick up in areas like if it's a, of a city or if it's a college town or rural. Have you noticed anything like that dictating co-buying is it, or is it really just occurring just about anywhere?
2: It's, you know, metros, um, so, you know, suburbs of metros, smaller, you know, kind of up and growing where pricing has been pushed. Um, okay we're seeing seeing the most you know suburbs of boston we've got a bunch of agents in boston who've reached out to sign up and trying to get out in front because they're seeing co-buyers they're seeing the opportunity for co-buyers too to afford oh, okay it. Um, particularly with interest rates rising I and mean, every every the cost of real estate has just doubled in the last couple of years so um, and prices hmm. haven't come down to reflect it so it continues to get harder and harder and harder to own and buy property and. You know, lenders are are starting to look at other opportunities uh, because They've things are a, a, a little slow. And we've got a, you know, all of our leads that come in, go to Flagstar. We've got an agreement with them. They're a partner. And, you know, we see a huge opportunity in lenders getting out in front of this and offering some cr- more creative and individualized financing for for co-buyers. Mm.
1: Yeah. I know, I know this has just been a, a few short year journey. Uh, it's been what, two, three years that you've been mm-hmm. in business uh, since you yep. started Paradigm. But in that time period, have you had um, any experiments or preconceived notions that you have since proven to be false or you were wrong mm-hmm. about?
2: Um, let's see. That's a great question. I thought it would be easier. I thought, you know, I mean, starting a brokerage, starting a real estate business was hard and it took a long time to get to success that repeated over and over and over again. I thought the idea and the concept and bringing this uh, solution to people would mm-hmm. have have gotten, you know, we, we delivered something on the table and we're I'm surprised that a higher volume isn't coming in and devouring it. Um that's that's been something I'm like, oh, people have some real concerns and reservations around doing this and if they're if they don't they're doing it anyway as as you know, that Zillow report concluded. So it's the people that actually have the reservations we're, you know, we're available for and are reaching out to us Ultimately, if we can get the people that are doing this blindly to, to come and say, hey, wait a minute, there's a different way. You could come eat here uh, and you're going to be yeah, way yeah. happier and healthier. Like, it, getting to those people and their agents and the industry to say, oh, all right, we do need to do this differently. We, we actually need to help these people. Um, that's been a that's been a bit of a surprise.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure there's uh, many founders who are listening can directly relate to that as the the challenge to transform or introduce any sort of uh, new uh, or even better way of transacting real estate can be particularly challenging. All right, Joe, we're going to shift here to one of my favorite segments of the show. I would call this "For the Future." For the future is when I get to ask each guest who comes on the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. You ready to play? I'm ready to play. All right, let's do this here. Number one, what does Paradigm look like
2: one year from now? One year from now, I think Paradigm will be acquiring properties, multifamily, splitting them up, and selling individual units.
1: Wow. Hey, we didn't even get into that side of the business, so I'm excited to hear more about that when it launches. <laughs> uh, number two here on For the Future, and I know I'm asking for a pretty serious crystal ball prediction here. How many co-buy transactions in just residential co-buyers and non-married purchasing together will occur annually by twenty thirty?
2: Will occur. I mean, I I bet there's going to be well over a million. Yeah. Hopefully, mm-hmm. our transaction volume goes up
1: <laughs> by then. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. <Yeah,
1: seriously. laughs> there's going to be a. I think you know this is somewhat related. But I do think this is going to be a deluge. At some point, there's going to be a deluge event because there's going to be pent up demand. Just it's just invariable. Yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. It might be a whole bunch of co-buyers. Number three here. Uh, what's one industry trend
2: you think will continue, but you wish would go away? Industry trend that would continue. Um. Gosh I mean I would love to see multi- multiple offers go away um, you know that if i could if I had a crystal ball and how to fix that um, that's that's one of the things bidding wars the the pain and the suffering and the you know that's driven by them you know. yep actually, I take that back. One thing that I wish would go away is corporations buying and holding single family residential and turn Mm -hmm. them into renters. That's the one thing. Yeah. I, Yeah. 100%. Final answer. (laughs) Joe has
1: drawn a line in the sand. All right here. And the, the final one on for the future, what's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result
2: of tech advances? One thing that's going to fade away through tech. I think what's one, one thing that's going to fade away is agents actually showing properties physically. I think Mm -hmm. people are going to start, you know, it's already been a trend, but I think with technology of video um, quality, I think, I think the showing agent is, you know, is something of a dinosaur.
1: Yeah, I can see that. All right, Joe, we've got three final questions. These are specifically for you and about you, so our listeners
2: will get to know you just a bit better. Uh, first one, what are you reading? What am I reading? I'm reading a book called Shaman. Shaman. What's that? Shaman. It's about a ancient culture um, that you know, a young boy goes on a spirit quest to become a shaman and his adventure in the wilderness, um, surviving. It's a pretty fantastic book. All right, man. Second one here. Who are you learning from? You know, I learned the most from my two co-founders, um, Eric Holt and Brian Draco. They're, you know, two different backgrounds and, um, You know, both have MBAs. Uh, One is Boston Consulting Group. One's VP of Marketing at Meta. We've got, they've got such deep knowledge uh, in the business world. I learn from them every day on how to be better, how to carry myself, how to speak, how to think. Um, You know, I bring the boots on the ground real estate part to them. Uh, It's a really phenomenal partnership. Awesome. And the last one here, what inspires you? Helping people inspires me, making, making the world a better place, getting opportunities for people that don't have them right now, changing people the way that people see the world and create hope for people. And, you know, that, that is the core and the root of why I started paradigm was to give people belief back that they can.
1: Hmm. It has been awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm actually really uh, happy we were able to pull this together and Thank you. Uh, have you on the show here. Small world. Uh, can't wait to see what you guys are going to build. Uh, but before we close out the show, uh, for those who want to get in touch with you and or they want to learn more about Paradigm, where do they go and how do they do that?
2: Uh, in america paradigm.com and it's spelled pair a dime p-a-i-r-a-d-i-m-e and then in canada it's paradigm.ca all right
1: and i'll have links of course you can find uh in the show description and notes anywhere podcasts are found or on the technos website technos.io um joe i'll be back in bellingham i think we're coming back for it's always the holidays here and there, but <laughs> one of these times when I'm back in town, uh, we got to grab a cup of coffee. But uh, until then, see you later.
2: Thanks for having me on, Nate. I appreciate it. Good to see you.
0: Thanks for listening to Tech Nest, the PropTech podcast. Find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode on technest.io. You can get future episodes delivered to your ears directly by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all other major podcast apps. Follow Technest on social media to stay up to speed on new developments, resources, and announcements in PropTech. <laughs> your support is greatly appreciated. There's two ways you can directly support this podcast. Share episodes you find interesting and then leave a review of the the show in the app store from nate and the tech nest team thanks for listening